tell you what I did before we started recording today. Tell me. I took a look at the reviews people have left us on Apple Podcasts. Brave. Yeah, yeah. Nerve-wracking experience. The brave, but let me read some of them out. Feels like you're listening to a chat with friends. Hosts have great chat. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Mum. Is your mum called Wilja809? No, she's Wilja807. Ah, makes sense. Uh, Chris Domin says we're an easy listening with an amazing crew. An awesome way to start the day. It says flugel. Flugel. But Gizzy Boy NZ said it's a solid meh. It's a solid what? <laughs> meh. M-E-H. Mm. Meh. Mm. Well, hey, you know, constructive feedback, isn't constructive it? Constructive feedback. Uh, but this was actually quite a fun little exercise. I quite enjoyed it. So I uh, thought I'd put the call out for a few more. We'd love to hear from you. And actually, speaking of suggestions, if you're going to leave a review this week, chuck in a few fun fact suggestions because, of course, last week was a tie, which means this week it's a double pointer. So we're going to need to be pooling resources, both of us. Or you can just email them to me because I need more help than Emo. That's um, emil.donovan no, it's at stuff.co.nz. <laughs> Go on, roll the tape. Kia ora, this is News I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Just how transparent is the clothing company you've probably probably bought plenty of items from. New migration stats are out later this week, so what are they likely to show and why do they even matter? Plus, Polly Marcus from Miss Polly's Kitchen is on to talk about the fruit as polarising as Marmite Fijoas. And we've also got the song you never want to set as your morning alarm. All that's coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. One of the things about the modern world is people, us, we're all demanding a lot more from big companies in our lives in terms of transparency, whether it's knowing about the environmental impact of the things that you're consuming, whether there's animal testing going on, and whether or not the companies you're buying from are using slave labour to manufacture their products. Yes, the charity Oxfam keeps tabs on clothing companies uh, in this realm with a regular report called What She Makes. This is all about making sure big clothing clothing companies know where their products are coming from, basically, with the end goal that everybody in that process is paid living wage. Oxfam this morning have released their latest report and newsflash, a couple of our biggest stores here in New Zealand haven't covered themselves in glory. Shalomi Daniels is a spokesperson for Oxfam and is with us now to chat about that report. Kia ora, Shalomi. Tell us about the point of this report. What is Oxfam and and you trying to do with it? So this report is what we call the transparency report. What we are trying to achieve through this report is basically gauge how transparent some of the popular clothing brands in Aotearoa have been about their supply chains. So the report basically rates various companies based on how much information they've made publicly available on their supply chains. What companies are involved and what sort of information are you looking at here? Yes, so we have um, six uh, main brands that we have been working with. So that includes Kathmandu, MacPack, Helen Stein Brothers and Glassons, as well as Lululemon and H&M. So basically for this particular milestone, that's the transparency milestone uh, with regard to the transparency report, 
What we have asked these companies to do is basically to list out some information on their website, things like names of their factories, where those factories are located, so their addresses, uh, who are the parent companies for these factories, the number of workers in each of these factories, including a breakdown by gender. And also we've asked these companies to commit to updating all this information at least every six months. And how did those companies, you mentioned Kathmandu, MacPac, Lululemon, H&M, Hallenstein Brothers and Glassons, how did they perform? So we were very happy actually that most of these companies did very well in this particular milestone. And the majority of them got a five-star rating, which is great. Um, however, unfortunately, we've had two of the brands, that's Hallenstein Brothers and Glassons, which have not done as well as the others. And so we have had to give them a two-star rating because they have not met all the criteria that we requested. Is this really a fair comparison to put them in the same basket as Hallenstein's and Glassons? You know, Hallenstein's annual revenue, I think, is, you know, in the low hundreds of millions. H&M's is nearly 25 billion. They have a lot more people, a lot more resource, a lot more ability to sort of track these things. Ideally, it does not matter whether it is a local company or whether it's a multinational company, because the focus of this particular milestone and also of the What She Makes campaign is the women who make our clothes. And we want to ensure that they receive a living wage and they and them and their families are able to live in dignity. This report is implicitly and sort of explicitly a criticism of Hallenstein's and Glassons. What have they said in response to it? We know that they are working on putting out that information. That is why we are able to access at least a partial list for now. So it's not that there's nothing there at all, but it's just that we need them to be more transparent. Shalomi Daniels, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We requested a statement from Hallensteins and Glassons asking them to respond to this result, uh, but they didn't get back to us within our deadline. Well, the latest migration figures are out later this week and they have been creeping up post-COVID. Good news when it comes to doctors and nurses, but what are the other implications of migration creeping up? Here to explain more is BNZ's Mike Jones with The Pulse. How's it going, Mike? Good, guys. Going well. Uh, How does migration affect the rest of us? Yeah, migration can have big impacts on on New Zealand. I guess if you think about it, we're a small country with a small population. So having a whole bunch of extra people in the country can have big effects. I mean, the simplest way to think about it is in kind of simple terms, there's a whole lot of extra people in the country. Those people tend to move around, get jobs, spend money. They need transport. They need places to live. And so extra migration is positive for economic activity, positive for spending. But I guess the other thing is it does put pressure on some of the economy's resources like housing. So potentially some extra pressure on on rents and and house prices as well. Right. I I have always kind of been under the impression that you know, lots of migration is by and large pretty good for a country, but is it more lots of migration is good for a country when you are prepared to absorb those extra people? Well, there's just a number of effects, and those effects depend on which part of the economy you're talking about. So, for example, at the moment, New Zealand is is generally short of labour. Firms have been reporting really high skill shortages, and we've seen some easing in, in, in some of that as extra migrants have moved into the country and we've seen that reflected now in, in the jobs figures. Mm. So, that, so that's certainly very welcome from a labour market perspective. It's probably welcome as well from an economic growth perspective. You know, we're talking about GDP being weak or potentially the New Zealand economy going into recession. 
extra migration may may smooth the edges of that slowdown and even potentially help us avoid recession altogether. But yeah, the, on the, on the flip side, yeah, the, there may be a bit of extra pressure on on things like house prices and rents, which get counted as inflation as well. Are there any downsides to too much migration? So at the moment, I guess the the key focus for policymakers in New Zealand has been on inflation, the cost of living crisis. So there is some potential for, for extra people in the country, extra migration to put extra pressure on, on resources and hence inflation. So for the Reserve Bank that's out there trying to manage all of that, that could be an extra headache. But it does depend to some extent on how much additional demand migration brings versus extra supply. Because as I said, more migration does mean extra labour supply and, and workers available to hire as well. So we really don't know the mix of it all. And, and even looking at past migration cycles, the, the impacts have, have tended to be different because it, it reflects you know, what sorts of skills the extra migrants bring, their age structure and all sorts of different things. And just before you go, we're talking feed jails a bit later. Yay or nay? I'm a yay. Former newsable economic correspondent Mike Jones there <laughs> with the Pulse. <laughs> Great to chat, Mike. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, the Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's an interesting time of the year, isn't it? The weather is changing, the days are getting shorter, we are jamming the calendar with events, uh, New Zealand Music Month and the Comedy Festival coming up, but also it's the dreaded Fijoa season. And you can't escape them. Bags, boxes, trays full of them appear in workplace kitchens. Colleagues are giving them away by the kilo. And if you go visit a friend, the chances are they've made a Fijoa jam, a Fijoa pickle, a Fijoa cake. And I hate it. I hate it. I'm just trying to live my life in peace. And it seems like everybody wants to shove these perfumey yuckies on me. And they follow me wherever I go. Everyone and I are of one mind on this issue. But uh, someone who does love Fijoas is on the line. And we have set her the task, the tall task, to give us a recipe idea that might actually change our minds. It is Polly Marcus, a.k.a. Miss Polly's Kitchen, and she's with us now. Hello. Hi. Why do you think fijoa, which is the plural word for fijoa, are so polarising? <laughs> well, I feel like I should start with the fact, obviously, yes, I love them, but Ooh. I refuse to eat Fijoas if they're too squishy mm-hmm. and they're too ripe. So I, I'm like very much a sour. I like things that have a bit of zing and not too much zing, but I like them. I'll only eat Fijoas when they're like perfect, like they're hard, but they're like just a tiny bit squishy. And I reckon that is when you nail the eating time. So you're a Goldilocks Fijoa fan. Yep. There has to be the right Fijoa at the right time. Yep. But I mean, even in a broader sense, you know, some people will die for Fijoas. They will break up their families. They will um, destroy relationships because they love these fruits so much. It's a strange thing, isn't it? Some foods are just kind of like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I I look forward to Fijoa season because I'm a big granola muesli person and I love in the morning having like a 
different assortment of fruit in Fijoas and like oh. a thing together, like Fijoa. Today I've got frozen mango and some frozen raspberries and then let those defrost, put the Fijoa on top. Mm. <laughs> oh. Um, so we are non-Fijoa lovers. We've made that very clear. You've suggested on muesli or granola. What other ways would someone like myself or Emil, do you think, convert? What, what's your sell? I feel like if you had it like mixed with something, so say, for example, like you know how most people like an apple crumble and you could put like some blueberries in that. I think if you went apple, Fijoa and blueberries, and then had a nice crumble and then some ice cream and you'd get a slight hint of the flavour, but it wouldn't be too overpowering. I feel like that's a good way of like dipping your toe in. I like that. Hiding like it. it. Yeah, ice yeah. cream. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, and you sort of, it's like, you know, the more you try something, the more you're sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to disguise it. It's, you know, it's like feeding little babies. Okay. Are, are you calling us babies? No. <laughs> I mean, the We've invited hurts. you into our home. No. <laughs> I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah. We have to be open-minded about things like this, don't we, Emma? Yeah. yeah. I've been, spent so many years deflecting them. Now I need to call them back into my life. Yeah. Miss Polly, Polly Marcus, thank you so much for your Fijoa chatting time. Now, while Emma and I are objectively on the right side of history on this particular <laughs> polarising issue, we are open-minded people, aren't we, Emma? And so we are um, we, we, we're prepared to be moved along the dial to uh, more pro-Fijoa territory, aren't we? If Miss Polly made me a fijoa crumble, I would be eating it. Yeah. That's not me demanding Miss Polly makes me well, a fijoa crumble. I mean, I've got a number now. so. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm I'm open. And if we do have some fijoa enthusiasts among you, the people listening to this, enlighten us. Yeah, Tell send us, us your pictures. Pickies of any baking yeah. or goods or... or d- the baking and goods themselves. Yeah, directly, like, actually. Yeah. Just get in touch with us, newsboy at stuff.co.nz, or let us know on the Insta, newsboynz. Headline klaxon, Imogen oh, Wells. Yes, this is my favourite part of any show. You ready? Yeah, always. Pixies apologise for where is my mind disabling alarms. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, that's going to need a lot more explanation. <laughs> All right. So, first of all, this is not like mystical Irish Pixies. It's the band, the Pixies, uh, legendary. Well, I was going to call them a punk rock band, but really they're defy classification. Um, uh, and they wrote this song called Where Is My Mind? Where is my mind? Um, and Where Is My Mind? Uh, uh, basically, it starts with someone saying the word stop. It's like, stop. Oh, gosh, I know where this is going. Yeah. Now, this is a problem because... <laughs> Google phones, they have this voice activation software and you can basically you can tell your phone when the alarm goes off to uh, snooze or you can tell the alarm to stop. Oh, and no. uh, according to a report by Far Out Magazine, basically people have been setting their Google phone to play Where Is My Mind by the Pixies at the alarm to wake them up in the morning. But because it starts with the word stop, uh, the alarm goes off and then it immediately tells itself to shut up. Turns off. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. I um, I don't know if my phone can do that. Set a song. What's your alarm? I've got the lovely little piano music, quite soft. Oh, do um, you? Why do I have a feeling you're going to tell me you've got that? Like, yeah, terrible... my one's the one that goes. Oh no, it's not. You're taking the piss. You no, fibbing? no, I, tr- oh. truly. Do you, I'll play it for you. This is what I wake up to every morning. That's just. 
you're going to wake up in a bad mood. How do you no, enjoy waking up. up, though? It makes, it, it makes No, I don't enjoy waking up. That's, <laughs> the, that's the point, don't. Imogen. Like, that gets me up because if it was less, if it was more pleasant than that, then I wouldn't get up, you know? <laughs> anyway, that's news all for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on your favourite podcast player. And as we said at the beginning, leave us a rating and review. Like, if you're enjoying us, please do tell us. And if you're not, tell us that as well. We'll, get, we'll read it out. It'll we be will. fun. It'll yeah. be user-generated content. Well, it's this is like lovely, circular relationship. Uh, also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the pod, share it with them and tell them to leave a review. Have a great day. Catch you tomorrow. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.